0: Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, September 24th, and this is your FT News Briefing. European leaders are calling for a new Iran deal. Netflix sees its shares erase gains for 2019. And after the travel groups collapse, Thomas Cook is now facing a UK government-backed inquiry. Plus, the FT's car industry correspondent, Peter Campbell, explains what a recent settlement with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission means for Carlos Ghosn and Nissan. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson wants the U.S. and Europe to broker a new deal with Iran. Speaking to NBC television, Mr. Johnson blamed Iran for the attacks on the Saudi oil facility from earlier this month. Shortly after Mr. Johnson's remarks, France and Germany joined the U.K. in issuing a statement accusing Iran of carrying out the attack. The countries also called for a long-term framework for Iran's nuclear program and regional security. This is a shift for the E3, as they're called, which were fully committed to the 2015 deal that was agreed on under the Obama administration, even after U.S. President Donald Trump withdrew from the accord last year. Mr. Trump on Monday welcomed the initiative from Mr. Johnson, praising him as being, quote, very smart and very tough. It was a compliment that was returned by his U.K. counterpart. As President Trump rightly said, it was a bad deal. It wasn't a great deal. Iran was, was and, and is behaving disruptively in the region. Mr. Johnson went on to say Mr. Trump is the only person capable of negotiating a new deal with the regime in Tehran. Netflix has seen its shares erase its gains for 2019 as its streaming competitors step up the fight for viewers. Netflix shares recorded their fourth consecutive day fall on Monday, down 1.8% to about $266 apiece. It was the streaming service's lowest level in nearly nine months. This came after analysts at Barclays suggested that Netflix's subscriber base would need to grow at least five to eight times its current level. They said Netflix would need to do this in order to justify its present market valuation. Netflix's valuation implies that it will have between 750 million and 1.3 billion subscribers in 2026. But according to the Barclays analysis, if Netflix doesn't grow at that rate, the stock is very expensive relative to what they call its total addressable market. As of July, Netflix has more than 150 million subscribers. Netflix shares have struggled in recent weeks. Investors have reacted to news that subscriber growth came up well short of forecasts. At the same time, rivals such as Disney and Apple are gearing up to launch competitive streaming services. And more than 150,000 travelers were being repatriated after Thomas Cook collapsed on Monday. The FT's Alice Hancock explains how the world's oldest tour operator got here and what's next.
1: In the last few days, Thomas Cook's attempt to put together a restructuring deal came to a dramatic close. It had been seeking a rescue package of £900 million over the past five months. And in the past month, it had been asked by its banks to add an additional standby facility of £200 million to see it through the winter period, which is its cash flow time. And it basically couldn't find that money. So it came to a crunch point where it was either the rescue deal, find the 200 million from a source. One option was the UK government or go into administration. And the last option is essentially what happened on the early hours of Monday morning. This has become a bit of a political hot potato because on Friday... Thomas Cook approached the government for a bailout in a bid to save its rescue deal. Given that it employs 20-odd thousand people worldwide, 9,000 of them in the UK, one of the things that's come out is to have a probe into the management. There's been a lot of criticism of high pay packets. Chief executives at Thomas Cook took home almost 20 million in pay over the past 10 years. So many UK ministers have had an opinion. The business secretary, Andrew ledsam sent a letter to the chief executive of the Insolvency Service Asking for an investigation into the conduct of the directors to look specifically at their pay packets.
0: And here's a closer look at a story you should know more about. Yesterday, former Nissan chief executive Carlos Ghosn and the carmaker itself agreed to settle fraud charges with U.S. regulators. The FT's Motor Industry Correspondent, Peter Campbell, helps refresh our memory on the Carlos Ghosn saga and what this settlement means for him and Nissan.
2: So last November, Carlos Ghosn was arrested from his private jet in Tokyo when he landed in Japan to attend a Nissan board meeting. At the time, he was still chairman of Nissan and previously he used to be chief executive. Uh, He then faced a series of financial charges in Japan. Some of those relate to having allegedly understated his compensation while CEO. Some of them related to using Nissan's money for his own personal benefit. And he denies all those charges. But this arrest set Nissan and the whole of the automotive world really in complete turmoil. Mr. Gon was sacked as chairman and his successor, who was Hiroto Saikawa, has now also resigned as chief executive. It marks an enormous reversal of fortune. And that was almost a year ago. So now on Monday, we had these charges he settled with the U.S. SEC.
0: Yeah. Could you go into a little bit more detail about that? What exactly happened?
2: So the SEC has been investigating some of the charges that Mr. Ghosn faced around disclosure of his compensation when he was chief executive of Nissan. And on Monday, the SEC settled charges with Mr. Goan and with another former Nissan executive, who's Greg Kelly, who is alleged to have helped uh, in setting up some of these arrangements. And this was really the first time that we've had a look at the actual way that Mr. Gone apparently hid money from the company, from investors, that he was going to receive himself. Now, this all dates back to 2009, when some new laws came into force in Japan that stated that Japanese companies had to disclose how much their top executives were earning. The SEC Settlements says that Mr. Goen was uncomfortable about this and was trying to look for ways to increase the amount he was paid without it being disclosed and going into public. Now, there were several ways these documents claim Mr. Goen did this. One of these was to pay himself consultant fees once he left the company, once he stepped down from the board. Another one was to bump up some of his pension. And there were a few other ones, including letting him pick what his pension was going to be in, if it was going to be in yen or dollars, which would uh, give him a significant financial advantage. And the total of these is that apparently he hid around $90 million of chief executive compensation that he would have received when he left the company. And apparently he increased his pension pot by around about $50 million. Now, it's important to note that he didn't receive any of this money. He never got any of it, and he never will get any of it. But these are the charges that he allegedly did this. And this has happened in America and the SEC because you know, Nissan has some securities that are traded in the US. So this settlement in which Mr. Goh neither accepts nor denies the allegations uh, have no bearing, it is stated, on the court case in Japan, which itself is going to have to go ahead probably next year.
0: Peter, what can you tell us about that case?
2: So we're uncertain as to how the timing plays out from this. It's not going to be a quick process. We expect that the court case will, in Japan itself, will kick off maybe early next year. But we don't have exact timings for this at the moment. Right now, Mr. Goen is on bail in Japan, and Greg Kelly, who is also in Japan, having been arrested, is also on bail. And so both of them are effectively awaiting the trial to begin and talking to their legal teams. We're not expecting any more material developments in the case before that.
0: You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following the UK Supreme Court. It's expected to deliver a ruling on whether Boris Johnson's advice to the Queen on proroguing or suspending Parliament was lawful. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.